0: Coming up on today's episode, we break down the Jets' slum-busting win over Pittsburgh, plus a look around the rest of the NHL, including Morgan Riley going loco in Ottawa. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki, or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, good to be back at it on a super Monday after a super Sunday. The vibes are good. Positivity is high. Blood pressure is high as well because the caloric intake was very high over the weekend. But when the Jets pick up a win, the 49ers pick up a loss. I think all in all, it's a pretty positive weekend. Sorry if you're a San Fran fan, but it's just it's, it's the way it is over here. It sucks and, suck. Yeah, <laughs> it, it sucks a lot, but it, at, at the Rewiki household here, that's just the way it is right now. Um, but excited to get into some Jets talk here. And it's always good to talk about a win because it, just too much negativity for, for, for too long here. And so we're flipping things on their head. Vibes are back where they need to be. And the Jets are doing what they do best, which is not give up more than three goals. <laughs> we'll talk about the offense and, uh, you know, the the three goals thing might be the new benchmark for them. <laughs> can, can they get above three goals for the first time? Hopefully not in 32 straight games, uh, but we'll get into, you know, the Jets at the very least getting past a Penguins team that was a little bit desperate, but the Jets pick up a desperately needed two points as well. Uh, so we'll talk about that. The Riley incident as well, and whatever other news and notes from the league peak our interest. Uh, to kick off the week here, but to do so with me once again, CJOB's Tyson Rowicky is here with us. Tyson, how we doing? Super Bowl a success? Oh, absolutely! It was a success. As it, and like, it's weird though as an Eagles fan because you'd think that there would be that that equal amount of hatred towards the Chiefs because they, they they ruined it. They, they the, broke our hearts. Yeah, they they broke our hearts last year, but. At least that year was just like... It was two teams going toe-to-toe, and it was just, you know what? Mahomes came out on top. If I could not live with the Niners winning and having to hear them go... Just talking, all this nonsense... Bringing up the Eagles whenever they wanted to. And I don't know if you saw Fletcher Cox's yeah, yeah. Instagram yeah. post. Well, yeah, not, not suitable for, for but yeah. Right. He, 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 uh, he kept receipts. He, summed he up, was ready to he go. He summed up <laughs> the entire Eagles roster's yeah. thoughts on the Niners <laughs> with that post. So, you know what? Again, sorry if you're a Niners fan. I'm sure you're a great person, but your team just isn't great well we just don't we don't know win. that we don't That's know true. that but <laughs> I'm just kidding I'm obviously kidding we, we, we love all the Niners fans if they are already that listen to the podcast uh but yeah man it's just it would think how cool it would like I know Hustler gets to enjoy this and he just lives like a, a charm sports life so it kind of makes sense that it happens to him but like w- whether it's the Jets or if you're a fan of whatever football team or like any team you cheer for how cool would it be to have a Mahomes? Oh. Like, where it's just like, it's we're going to win. <laughs> I don't know how, and it's not going to make sense, but, like, we're going to win, and it's going to be okay. And we just break everyone's hearts. It's not fair. That must be the coolest feeling. And I i don't know, I've, I've never come close to, I don't even know, like, I, I wonder what it's like. Chief San, and Chiefs fans, like, actually know that every single year now, for the next, at least for the next, like, ten more years... It's gonna be. We're going to the A- AFC Championship. It's insane. Game. It's insane. <laughs> he is efficient. Like I know, there's the the Brady Mahomes debate and things like that, and I mean, totally fair. But I, I, it might be more like, is it Mahomes and MJ and like, like the legend, 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 because Mahomes. He's just, like, breaking people's legacy. Like, he's a legacy destroyer. Like, the Niners could have won two Super Bowls. Shanahan would be looked at totally differently. I mean, the Eagles as well with their thing. But, like, the Bills, the Ravens. At least the Bengals got them once, right? But it's just, like, he he just, like, destroys other people having their moments. And that's what MJ did for so long. Where, like, Barkley and, and all these other, like, legendary players are seen as, like, afterthoughts. Because... MJ just won everything, so I, I I wonder if it eventually goes that way for Mahomes and, and and the Chiefs. But oh man, I just yeah like because even McDavid's doing crazy things with the Oilers, but like that's not how he's viewed. Like right, like they haven't won anything yet. Right, and then, I last hit on Mahomes, and then we'll we'll get into some hockey yeah. talk. But he's the second best quarterback ever if he retired today, right? At minimum, yeah. Like he's, it's just crazy. Like he's legitimately, he has more reigns than Manning, than Manning has. He's more reigns than most quarterbacks will ever have, and he still has like a whole nother career still to go. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. That uh, it must be fun. Well, maybe one day, one of our teams will have him at home's. Got a Mahomes. Got Claros. We do got a Colorado We got a Calaro set of Stravler. That's, that's pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, it takes two. To, two of them equal one Mahomes. Whatever it is. Uh, yeah, that'll be fun. I'm excited to watch the Bombers this year. They, they made some great moves as well. Getting the crew back together. Uh, it'll be a fun couple years here in Winnipeg. Uh, I think I think the last dance might be two years from now with that Grey Cup in the city here. Um, but we'll see. I, yeah, I can get down with Calaro set of being inevitable in, uh, in CFL terms. Uh, but let's switch gears here and go back to that Saturday night game for the Winnipeg Jets at home. I kind of had good feelings about that one. I-, I don't know. I was I was pretty confident heading into the matchup, even though the Jets lost earlier in the week to the Pittsburgh Penguins. But um, kind of a return to script for Winnipeg. Batting down the hatchets. Yes, the shot total was a little bit high for Pittsburgh on the evening. But outside of that brief second period swoon that was Winnipeg Jets hockey, where it's, you're not getting a whole lot. Our goaltender's the best of the best right now, and we'll do just enough offensively to push ourselves to two points here. So I like that, that it was, you know, and I kind of mentioned this too, Tice, how after the loss to the Flyers, a lot of people saying, is this like last year? Is this team collapsing again? I never felt that during that stretch, and I think the win against Pittsburgh just really cements that in that they weren't playing really bad hockey. It's just they didn't score any goals. Like, the defensive side of things, for the most part, was still there for the team, and there was the commitment to structure and everything like that. It was just the offensive struggles were, were too much to overcome. They had just enough in this one against Pittsburgh, but what I liked is that almost another little mini reminder here that this, this isn't last year's Winnipeg Jets and this stretch might cost them first or second in the division, but it's not going to be a total collapse in the final 32 games like it was last year. Yeah, and they're still figuring some things out too. Like, there's like, we, everyone kind of got up in arms during that stretch, and, you know, it's kind of justified, right? Like, it is a longer losing streak, but we've seen teams this year who also are expected to be, you know, one of the last couple teams in the playoff hunt have stretches, prolonged stretches, where they don't play great hockey. All the Avs in Dallas have done... I mean, the Avs have done it multiple times this year. Dallas, they're playing much better right now, but Dallas had a stretch where they were dropped... I think they dropped, like, six or seven or something like that. Yeah, like, there's and Even look at Edmonton now. People think that they're going to be one of the teams that's there at the end, and they went on... Oh, yeah, did they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, that was bad, yeah. (laughs) Edmonton was bad early in the year. Yeah, so it's... I mean... There's still so much season left to go, and it's where you get into like the months. of bad play, that's when it's concerning, and that's where it's a real sign of hey, this this isn't writing itself anytime soon. But they they switch up the four lines a little bit, and surprise, surprise, Ealers picks up an assist. Oh, well, okay, I I got, <laughs> that, yeah, I, I gotta cut you off because it's it's not as simple as Ealers goes to the first line, the Jets win hockey games. But maybe it is just as simple as <laughs> Nikki goes up to the top line and the Jets' win hockey games. Surprisingly still, though, he ended up, I think, sixth in time on ice amongst forwards in that game. Uh, the ice time was pretty evenly distributed. There was a decent amount of um, specialty teams' time. So, obviously, Eilers not being on the first unit, not killing penalties. His ice time is going to go down a little bit. But he, he was the player of the game. I mean, he was just... He was by far Winnipeg's most impactful player. I didn't think Kyle Connor had a great night himself, but Ehlers was so good that he just brought that. He basically just said, "Jump on my back here." You know, I, I had a couple, I had a couple of weeks on that second line, and I'm not going back anytime soon. I think that was Nikki's, you know, kind of uh, inaudible plea to Rick Bonus that Nah, I'm, I'm staying on line one. If there's going to be a change gonna be the guy opposite me on the other flank that you're gonna have to move because my my play my play is forcing you to put me up here and he was absolutely magnificent from the first shift of the game you just knew that oh this is this is gonna be an ealers game and he didn't end up with three or four points but very well could have and i i thought i mean he was just instrumental in kind of giving that energy boost that he seems to do when he's when he's really flying out there and he was flying big time when, when do you do you start having that conversation where if you are thinking about switching up the lines that maybe Cal Connor's the guy who receives the demotion and not Nick Ehlers, right? like because this I, what, what's happened over the past couple weeks especially that in my mind there is absolutely zero reason why why Cal Connor should be above Nick ealers in the lineup if if you are doing them on separate lines. Yeah I, yeah, I, yeah yeah. I yeah. I think that over the last couple over the last couple months when Ehlers has been with Shifley, I like the way the lines looked a lot more than it has with Connor on it. So I just I to me I think that I haven't I agree with you. I haven't been totally impressed with the way Kyle Connor's played since he's come back from injury. And maybe he's still working his way back from that injury, but hey, like maybe we shake things up a little bit. We what, get What was get, his injury again? I, I don't remember the specificity of it. They, they, they didn't go... I don't believe they specified totally what the injury was. Right knee injury according to TSN. Oh, there you go. Um, maybe I'll just double check that this is... Uh, yeah, because it was the neon on knee was strong. That's what it right, was, right? Right. So, uh, yeah, that might, that's, a, I mean, that's a fair point. Yeah. You know, it kind of came back in the... I think in and around like five weeks. It was four to six weeks, so I mean... But that's the thing, too, that people also kind of forget is that, you know just because you're back, might not necessarily mean that you're fully healthy. And he you yeah. might need... Yeah, I mean, hopefully... And this stretch here for the Jets' schedule-wise is about as good as a guess moving forward here because Saturday against Pittsburgh, Wednesday against San Jose, Saturday again, I believe, against Vancouver. Like, there, there's a big, big stretch here of, of time off before things are really going to get crazy down the stretch. But I would agree with you. There's... Euler's you know, really... Uh, Outside of his early season struggle to kind of get up to speed, he's he's been this team's best winger. Well, and I uh, sorry, I, I also just don't mind the the connection with Monahan and Connor because I and I'm not even gonna like I don't think that Sean Mon- Monahan has necessarily played bad since he's come to Winnipeg, but you also don't want to let this point streak start creeping into six games, seven games, eight games, and then all of a sudden the guy's lost his confidence. And he's not the player that he was in Montreal early, early in the season. Giving him a guy like like Kyle Connor, where he can, the pressure's a little bit off him a little bit to score goals, and he can kind of be in that secondary role. Have Kyle Connor maybe enter the zone with the puck, be that support forward on the line, and get on the puck where and put the puck in positions where Kyle Connor can score. I think that could really get yeah. both guys going, and it just lets Monahan kind of have that that confidence boost that he is. Going to be a big producer on this team come down the stretch. Yeah, and I I still maintain. I mean, it's been three games now, and I think even watching that game, of the line's been been shifted up a little bit. I I think you do need one of Ealers or Connor on his line at all times. I I just don't think he just he's he's not the, the foot speed's not there for him, and I think he needs an element of that beside him on the wing. And to me, it's got to be one of those two guys. No one else in the lineup really has that. And I don't know if you're going to get the best out of Sean Monahan if you don't have an element of speed beside him. And I also like the idea of splitting up your top two, essentially your top two talents on different lines. So you're not overloading, you know, the top line, basically banking on them to carry the offense. And if they don't, you know, tough to get two to three goals on a lot of nights. I, so I, I, I do think that's the best way forward here is to have Kyle Connor with Sean Monahan. And then how you reject the lineup after that? I wonder. I wonder if Bones would even be tempted to try a Perfetti Shifley Eilers line. Ooh, that is tempting. Just because, and and I the reason I say this is that you know Bones didn't sound extremely thrilled with the idea of right wing Cole Perfetti. Just he was asked about that at at practice on Monday, and it was like, eh. Basically, I'll paraphrase, but basically, like, if we have to, we will. Um, but that's not ideal. And I know Nikki can flip wings pretty easily there. And so, you know, I do wonder if maybe having Shifley, Ehlers-Perfetti as your top line might be a way to kickstart Cole's game a little bit and get him back to the, in, in, into the point column. And then you would have Shifley-Conor Velarde. Um I wonder if that's the best fit. Maybe, maybe it is. Filardi, Shafley, Ehlers, and then Perfetti and Cal and Connor can kind of work together there. I will say this, and I've kind of thought this for a while, and it's been echoed a little bit because he's been pretty quiet over this last little stretch. But I I really feel like the Jets need to go all in and, and get another wing option here. And I think it's going to be because Cole Perfetti drops down to the fourth line. Wow. I... I one, Bones doesn't trust him. I don't agree with that necessarily, but it's hard to argue with that. I mean, he played, I don't have the tab up here, but he played a little, low I think he played the the second least minutes up front for the Jets in that game against the Penguins. He's just, it was in it around like 12 minutes. Um, in the third period of games, his ice time gets drastically cut, pretty much regardless of what the score is. He just, Bones doesn't seem to trust him for whatever reason late in the games there. And I, I wonder a little bit if maybe, you know, this is kind of his first full pro season. Thankfully, he hasn't missed too much time here. But I wonder if he's starting to kind of slow down a little bit with, you know, the amount of games, the stress, the, the physicality, all that. I, I think I kind of like the idea of having Perfetti as like a break glass in case of an emergency option. I don't know if at this point in his career, if you want him to be your first option on that second line. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah no, it's And, I mean, at this point last year, he got hurt. And then he missed the rest of the season. Yeah. So it's like, he's reaching that, but he still hasn't played a full season yet in the NHL. And just, you mentioned the ice times, and he he was third on third least, uh, Nemesnikov third. at 10, Baron at 7. But Vlardi actually... Only played thirty seconds more than Perfetti did there, so I mean, on the same line with Monaghan yeah. there, but still, it is interesting that, yeah, like he is, you could see, you could tell the IQ and stuff is there. It's just physically, he's not ready. Yeah, he's still yeah. not ready physically. Yeah, I, 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 I even think it's even like an an indictment on his potential or his career. It's just like right, the the, the Jets are in it right now this year, and if there's an opportunity to bring somebody in that can help to elevate that second line or f- well, the the top 6 we'll call it Buchnavich. <laughs> i am cheering i mean now that the the brock nelson dream died for me with the islanders kind of being back in it now i i will 1000% shift over to the blues having a bit of a collapse here so the jets can go after buchenavic <laughs> i don't i i don't think that's going to happen um that would be sweet though. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. I mean, yeah, no, I don't think the Blues are gonna. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. Doug Armstrong. Doug Armstrong isn't afraid to be untraditional in how he deals with the deadline there. But just like some of the names I mentioned the other week, Tyson. I mean, Jordan Everly. I think in Seattle. I think Seattle as a whole is really, really intriguing with the Kraken basically falling out of it now. That to me might be the team to watch because they've got a few both pending free agents and then guys with only one year left on their contracts that that could be I mean, I mean even yanni gord still yeah like i i assume gord can play center and wing maybe Monahan could shift off to the wing yeah. like maybe maybe the jets still go after another guy and Monahan could basically like he'll take face-offs Monahan could and then shift over to the wing yeah. for, for the majority of the shift there so I maybe the honey Gore dream isn't isn't totally dead just yet for the Jets um he has a year left though I, I, I that's the other, like do the Jets now only go after rentals or do they go after guys with term that could potentially help them for uh for another playoff run next year uh, yeah I, I don't yeah the Islanders that's gonna be tough the I, Devils I, could be an interesting team. They, I think the Devils really could be interesting come deadline because they got to do something. Yeah, but I think they're going to buy. Like I, I could see them making a move for how, a goalie. How, how far out do they have a play of a playoff spot right now? Let's just uh, two. Well, depends. If they're, I mean, if they're yeah. So they six with a game in hand on the Islanders right now. Well, so it looks like assuming they don't get a wild card spot. 6 points back of the 8 points back of the Flyers with 3 games in hand. So you got to win those games in hand, though. Yeah, like win if they, those games, yeah. If yeah, they continue yeah. that streak, especially with no Dougie Hamilton, like the defense is absolutely horrendous on New Jersey. Maybe they see a guy on their on in their forward core where they're just like, you know what, we got to clear out some money maybe. I mean, maybe a guy like a younger guy like Dawson Mercer, who they might not be able to sign in the offseason because he's going to be expecting a higher pay raise. Maybe you're able to get a guy like that out of Jersey at a, at a maybe reduced price than you normally would. I think I, I, I would keep a tab on New Jersey because they got to do something. Now, we haven't really touched on him mainly because I don't even know why, really. But, I mean, with the loss, Pittsburgh is now uh, second last in the Metro and they're well back of all these teams. What about Gensel. To me, Gensel, I wouldn't. I, I don't hate the idea of Gensel. He he reminds me a lot of like a, like a goal scoring Perfetti in a way. You know what I mean? Where it's just like you're not the biggest guy out there, but you you have the skill, you have the IQ to put yourself in good spots to get those point totals. Yeah, but at least like, I mean, at least he's done it. He's a polished version of Perfetti. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I yeah, I don't I don't hate it. I don't I don't know if I totally like the playstyle. I feel like. If you're trying, wanting to upgrade on Perfetti, you kind of want to grab a guy who can who has a little bit of snarl, like a little bit of two-way ability too. Like you want to just have that extra element that you can add to the forward group. And I think that Gensel's too similar to, to yeah, Perfetti. Uh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I get what you're saying. I wonder about Max Pacioretty. <laughs> I mean, that's a it's a big risk. There's no doubt about that. He hasn't played a ton this year. He hasn't scored a ton either when he's played, which is a little bit concerning. But, I mean, you might get him on the cheap, which in the Jets' case, I mean, that helps when you've already given up a first-round pick. Cheap value-wise, and I think he's only, I think he's on like an $800,000 con. Like, it's not a big contract because of the injuries that he's sustained. So he's, you'll be able to get him cheap value-wise and probably cheap money-wise too. This will be interesting. I But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now is that... I'm honestly, like, when it comes to the Jets' trade targets, I'm not even looking at the defense anymore. Like, I wouldn't be upset if they got Tanev or or Walker. But... It it just... It doesn't feel like a big need. It's like a luxury at this yeah. point. And the, and the price they would have to pay for one of those top-level D-men... It's going to cost you the Montreal pick. Yeah. And something. Probably. Probably. And so if you can get a winger and essentially not have to put all your eggs into the Cole Perfetti basket come playoff time when you don't know how he's going to... He could he could light it up. He 1,000% could light it up. But wouldn't it be nice to have that as your fallback option? I think that's where I'm at right now. Uh, the only thing with the Patch Ready acquisition now, after just looking it up, he makes $2 million a year for one year. Full no movement clause though. Oh no, he loves Winnipeg. <laughs> Come on, he, he, he was here all the times Montreal would play. He's like this. This is the best atmosphere I've ever seen. <laughs> He's boys of Nino. I'm pretty. Su- say that. I'm pretty sure I saw him at O Donuts one morning. Maybe <laughs> no, I no, I made that up. I don't know why I said that. It would be. I mean, yeah, the, he would definitely be the big gamble there. I think for me. I just I like Jordan Everly a lot. I don't know. I th- I think Everly would be pretty sweet. That would be that would be a nice little upgrade there. I think he screams clutch clutch playoff goal. That's what he does. That's that's, that's his bread and butter. And I mean, look if, if your second line if and if Bones like to do this, if your second line had Ehlers and Everly on it, like you could kind of live with Ehlers being dropped down to line two because it's like ooh. Yeah. Healers in Everly, there might be a little bit of magic there between those two. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I'm intrigued to see. I think Seattle for me is the team to watch right now. Cause they've just kind of quietly fallen out of the playoff race and they've got a lot of interesting players that up front that the Jets could target. Um, Maybe Brandon Tannen comes back to Winnipeg. Yeah, I don't know. That would I would that would be a sweet under the radar bottom six. <laughs> yeah, ad. I just I, thought of that right now. <laughs> but it just I just love it. He's just crazy. He's a crazy man. Imagine they go. Imagine they grab Yanni Gordon Tanov in the same deal. <laughs> I love it. That I would be, yeah, <laughs> be so awesome. I don't even care the cap. Whatever. There is no cap. <laughs> Get Tanov here ASAP. Um, but yeah, so hey, it's it's fun to put this in a in a positive light at the very least. Where, hey, the the Jets are picking up wins and we could maybe add a piece or two to improve. Uh, So, yeah, nice to get back into the positivity column. The Jets picking up that win against Pittsburgh. And, um, I mean, hopefully, finding a way to take down those mighty San Jose Sharks on Wednesday. So, they they might be able to go a week without losing. And then, a really, really fun matchup, excuse me, Saturday night against the Vancouver Canucks in Van City. Um, what was formerly a matchup of of, of two division leaders now sees the Jets trailing Dallas and Colorado, but Vancouver setting the pace for the entire conference. So that'll be a bit of a beauty, maybe a great, uh, litmus test as well to see where the Jets are at and where they might need to make improvements ahead of the deadline, which is now officially under a month away. Um, but let's, uh, switch gears here as we wrap up the episode, Tyson. We'll take a look around the rest of the NHL. And I guess we got to start with what everyone's talking about. <laughs> empty net scoring discourse. How do you score into an empty net? Does that matter? And should you cross-check someone in the head after they <laughs> score into the... Well, I think that last part maybe... I think everyone's kind of on the same page there. It's funny. I'm trying to think there was an incident earlier this year in the NHL where I was like, I feel like this is a pretty simple explanation here that people were losing their minds over the different... I feel like this is pretty simple as well. Yeah. Tell me if I'm wrong in my assessment of the Ridley Gregg-Morgan Riley incident. No, I... Well, I, I haven't done it yet, so you don't even know what I'm going to say. We'll peel behind the curtain. Okay. It's not like we haven't talked. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but it's to the... fair enough. Well, for Go everyone on. else that doesn't know, here, here's, where, here, here's my simple explanation on this. Ridley Gregg gave a bit of an FU to the Maple Leafs by going clap bomb into the empty net. It was awesome. (laughs) I loved it. And I don't have a problem with people doing that. I also don't have a problem with Morgan Riley being pissed off. Or any member of the Leafs being pissed off that he gave the FU slap-shot into the empty net. But you can't cross-check someone in the head because you're upset. Isn't that it? Yeah. It's... (laughs) It's so... I feel like it's really stupid. Like, the... The different ad, like, oh, the 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 NHL hates the Leafs and they suspend the bat. Or, like, well, he had to cross-check him in the head because he scored. Like, no. It's, you can be pissed off and, like, go after somebody. But, like, either, like, drop the gloves with him or, like, punch him with your glove. I, yeah. I don't know. Like, just do, do something other than, oh, you can't do that. Smash into your teeth and he's going to get... I mean, it's going to be well over five games. I think I'm not going to be surprised if it's ten. Yeah, but is that an accurate read on the situation? Yeah, I think it is. Like, and I agree. Like, I agree with everything you just said. But if you are a member of the Leafs, you can't not do anything. You have to do something. You, like that is that is one. I saw a lot of people say, "Well, what's the big? Why why overreact to the to the goal itself? Like, no, if you, if you were on the other team." And someone did that to you? I I know me 100%. I'm going... I'm beelining it right for that guy. Yeah, it's... I mean, that part of it's interesting because... I saw people comparing it to bat flips in baseball. And, I mean, the way some NBA players celebrate after big shots. I do feel like it's also it's just, like, different... Cultural norms in each sport. Well, like, it's... to, To me, there's a little bit of a difference. Um... People because like, it, those are also celebrations as opposed, like, I mean, look, look, and I hate to do this, but, like, if you've ever played hockey before, like, you know what Ridley Gregg was thinking. Yeah. Like, exactly. and, and he knows it, too, and I, I have no problem with him doing that, but he knew as well, while doing it, like, this is going to cause, like, someone's coming after me. Exactly. Here. And he kind of did the, like, he's, I think he sees Riley coming out of the corner of his eye and he's kind of like, what what did I do? Like, yeah. even though he know, like, you know... And I mean, like, for me, if I was on the Leafs, for example, like, if I was on the bench, and he, like, came, I'd be like, oh, look at this hero here, like, taking a clapper into the empty, like, you know what he was doing, he knows what he's doing, Morgan Riley going over to do something is totally cool, if I would just choose a different, I I would have handled that a little bit differently um, if Morgan, that, if Morgan Riley just skates up them and drops his gloves, it's, it's nothing. It's a nothing. It's, yeah. it's just like the battle of Ontario's back. Even, even if he, even if he drops his gloves and Greg doesn't quite have his gloves off right away and he starts throwing, I don't, I still don't think nothing happens. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it would be a different conversation at least. Like, yeah. But like, I think people would be like, oh, you kind of get it. Like, oh yeah. And especially, I mean, the Leafs, it's the Leafs too. Like, I mean, they, they're, they're kind of in a no like a no win situation, where, like, you do something, and you're like, oh, look at these babies. Yeah. Then you don't do anything, and it's like, well, no heart, baby. Like, <laughs> they were kind of screwed either way. But, yeah, I think the the ultimate point is, like, just regardless of the reason, you just you can't cross-check people in the face. The, <laughs> the one person's response that I think people should be looking at is Claude Giroux for the whole situation. He was on the ice when he scored. You could see him. He goes... Oh boy, yeah. he goes, oh boy, here we go, and then the, and then the scrum happens, and then after the game he says like I don't I'm paraphrasing I don't know his exact words, but he says like, yeah like, I'm not really gonna say much on it. You kind of got you got to be ready, like yeah. you just got to be ready for what's what comes next. Oh, wait. Like, oh I have his quote here. He said you, you got to be ready, and I'm open to going to Winnipeg at the trade <laughs> deadline. I don't know why he would say that. That's weird. He would say that. That's cruel. Yeah, weird. That's cruel. I don't know why he would say that, but whatever. I guess it's got to take him at his word. Uh, what do you think Riley gets? I'm going to say seven games. I think he gets 10. Yeah, I could see it. I And I. I the other thing, I, I, I saw some mention of comparing it to Dale to Hunter. Dale Hunter. It's not the same as that one. It's similar. It's, it's, it's more similar than other hits, but the game was still going on. Like, what, was Turgion just not supposed to score there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, <laughs> like yeah. he had a breakaway. He just scored in a playoff. Yeah, yeah. And, and then he and I think Hunter's was more of a blind side than Turgion's. And Turgion was on one leg when he hit him, so he, he has absolutely... It's kind of, good... like, looking back, it's kind of crazy that Hunter got that many games. Yeah. Like, I'm, you know, I have no problem with stiff suspensions, but, like, that's a lot. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, but, I mean, he did also, like, cost the Islanders the series. So, yeah. it's like, it's uh, I, do, I do get both sides I, of it there. I don't think it's that, that, that bad. But I also, like, I'll say 7, I'd have no problem in the 7 to 10 range. Yeah, though. it'll be interesting to see what it is. I mean, we'll find out. I think the hearing's Tuesday, so we'll probably find out sometime Tuesday. But How detrimental is that, though, like, the Leafs lose their top defenseman for 10 games with how their season's going right now and like what do you have do you go out and make a move right away like because teams are going to see that you're desperate because you have no D-men yeah but you kind of have to Morgan Riley's the only guy that seems to care yeah on that team so like there's that part I I just I'm so out on the Leafs yeah I agree I I used to be like this is the year that no they're like this group they just don't they don't have it. I, I'm shocked that they haven't made a coaching change going back to last year, let alone at some point this they year. They do not listen to a word he says. Yeah. No, they, what what the Maple Leafs do best is they win their contract negotiations. <laughs> that that, that they nail that. If they tried as hard in the negotiating room as they do in certain areas of the ice... We'll be talking about a Mahomes like dynasty. <laughs> I have not kid a little bit there, but I, yeah, I I don't I don't like watching them play. And I I don't like I'm not a fan of them. I don't even want to watch them play cuz it angers me. Yeah. I know I don't even know how Leafs fans can enjoy this or if they or if they're even watching it. But that's kind of the one thing I'm like where it's like Morgan Riley like yeah, I I take that leaf. Like, and, I, and I almost wonder, I this is the last I'll say about it, but I almost wonder if that that empty net goal and Riley's reaction is like an accumulation accumulation of the the past a struggles with the, with the Leafs, and he's just like, I can't really do this to someone on my own team, so I'm gonna do it to this guy. Poor, poor Greg. <laughs> yeah, he's like, just taking the brunt for the team, just being awful for four years in the playoffs. Maybe, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I I think he just kind of lost it. You know, sometimes players lose it on the ice. And yeah. I, think, I think he just made a bad decision. And he's going to pay the price in a big, big way here. Um, I think it's going to be double digits, but we'll see. We'll see what George Parros and company do, because that's the best part of the Department of Player Safety. None of us know what a suspension (laughs) is going to be, and neither do they. So spin (laughs) the wheel, and away we go. Uh, But that'll do it for the episode here. We'll wrap it up. And, uh, yeah, we'll get ready for the rest of the week. Bit of a quiet one for the Jets, with just that one matchup against the Sharks on a Wednesday. So we'll break that one down for you guys. Look ahead to the game against Vancouver. And who knows, maybe because it's a quiet week, Chevy will get a little antsy and take a look at that phone. He's like, oh, that phone's not going to call itself. (laughs) Pick it up. Give a shout to Ron Francis. He says, let's make a blockbuster, baby. Who knows, it could happen. By the the time our next episode comes around, we'll only be two weeks out from the deadline. Let's do it. (laughs) We'll talk deadline as well when we wrap up the work week uh, later on on Friday morning. Until then, though... Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki, CJOB's Tyson Rewicki with us once again. We'll get back at it Friday morning, talking Jets, Sharks, Jets, Canucks, and the deadline as well. Have a great rest of your week. Enjoy the nice weather. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you guys on Friday. Peace.